Hello, and welcome to today's show, Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess, international leadership expert and trusted advisor. Welcome to Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. I'm so delighted that you joined me today. I want to give a big thank you to those of you who are listening today. I also want to give a great big shout out to those of you listening around the world. I'm delighted and so grateful that you tuned in. I hope you're enjoying a fabulous day and that you're having a fantastic week. Because you know what? In the grand song of the universe, life is so very short. It's short sweet, and very precious. So I hope you're making a difference in your own life because when you do, you also make a difference in someone else's life. A lot of us, a lot of folks really want to make their life count for something, but they don't know how to do it or it seems so big to them, they don't know where to start. So they ask me, Dr. Gloria, how do you do that? How do you make your life count? Well, it's really very simple, very simple. You make your life count day by day, step by step, moment by moment, every single day, 365, 24-7. You make your life count by just being there, being there for someone who needs to hear the sound of your voice. You can learn more about making your life count and about legacy living by visiting the Gloria Burgess website. Yes, that's right. G-L-O-R-I-A-B-U-R-G-E-S-S dot com. The Gloria Burgess website. Or you can visit me on Facebook. And that's facebook.com forward slash dr for doctor Gloria Burgess PhD forward slash. You can also find me on the TEDx website and listen to one of my TED Talks. Just type in my name to find me there. Now today's episode honors the legacy, the life of Dr. Maya Angelou. Like all of my talks, I want to inspire you to make a difference in your own life so that you can make a difference in the lives of others, just like Dr. Maya. I also want to equip you with ideas, information, and resources that you can use in your life, and so you can share the wealth with others. In fact, one of my goals with these episodes is to share the wealth so that folks in countries and in places in the U.S. and in places outside of the U.S. where there are few books or little access to them, or other similar kinds of resources, can listen in and get what they need. In my travels, I'm actually astounded to see more cell phones than books these days. Now, I'm talking about cell phones in countries that have no libraries, okay, or very, very distant access to libraries. But let me tell you something else. With a cell phone, you can listen. You can actually listen into this podcast and to other podcasts, and share the information so that you get all of these great resources. 
I just love technology. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Especially when it's put to good use, right? And you know what? If you are so inclined, you can share the wealth with the people in your circle wherever you happen to be on the planet. Now, back to Dr. Angelo. Now, most of you know that she was an amazing poet and writer. But did you also know that she was an actress, director, filmmaker, humanitarian, mom, and so much more? As many of you know, during the month of February in the United States, we celebrate Black History or Black Heritage Month. Well, you know me. I celebrate the lives of all people all the time, no matter who they are. I just love celebrations. And I especially love to celebrate the soulful lives of African Americans, Black lives, every single day, 365, 24-7. So, who is Maya Angelou? Well, as I just mentioned a few moments ago, she's an incredible poet, writer, actor, director, filmmaker, humanitarian, and I dare say amazing human being. Miss Maya's poetry and prose shines the light on what it means to be human. Now, she was honored to write and share a poem for President Bill Clinton's inauguration to shine the light on what it means to be human. Dr. Angelo was also honored and blessed to write a poem to shine the light on the life of one of my favorite people on the planet, and that's Nelson Mandela, a man who also deeply understood what it means to be human. I want to share this poem with you because there is so much of Maya's life tucked into her writing, her values, what she believed, what she stood for, who she stood for, who she stood with, lessons from history, and shining rays, the shining sunlight of her dreams, what she dreamed of for our future, for the future of humankind. This poem, Maya Angelou's poem from Madiba, was written to pay tribute to him upon his death. It is called, His Day is Done. His Day is Done. Is Done. The news came on the wings of a wind, reluctant to carry its burden. Nelson Mandela's day is done. The news, expected and still unwelcome, reached us in the United States, and suddenly our world became somber. Our skies were leadened. His day is done. We see you, South African people standing speechless at the slamming of that final door through which no traveler returns. Our spirits reach out to you, Bantu, Zulu, Josha, Boer. We think of you and your son of Africa, your father, your one more wonder of the world. 
We send our souls to you as you reflect upon your David, armed with a mere stone facing down the mighty Goliath. Your man of strength, Gideon, emerging triumphant. Although born into the brutal embrace of apartheid, scarred by the savage atmosphere of racism, unjustly imprisoned in the bloody maws of South African dungeons. Would this man survive? Could the man survive? His answer strengthened men and women around the world. In the Alamo in San Antonio, Texas, on the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, in Chicago's Loop, in New Orleans' Mardi Gras, in New York City's Times Square, we watched as the hope of Africa sprang through the prison's doors. His stupendous heart intact, his gargantuan will hale and hearty. He had not been crippled by brutes, nor was his passion for the rights of human beings diminished by 27 years of imprisonment. Even here, in America, we felt the cool, refreshing breeze of freedom. When Nelson Mandela took the seat of presidency in his country, where formerly he was not even allowed to vote, we were enlarged by tears of pride. As we saw Nelson Mandela's former prison guards invited courteously by him to watch from the front rows his inauguration. We saw him accept the world's award in Norway with the grace and gratitude of the Solon in ancient Roman courts and the confidence of African chiefs from ancient royal stools. No sun outlasts its sunset, but it will rise again and bring the dawn. Yes, Mandela's day is done, yet we, his inheritors, will open the gates wider for reconciliation, and we will respond generously to the cries of blacks and whites, Asians, Hispanics, the poor, who live piteously on the floor of our planet. He has offered us understanding. We will not withhold forgiveness, even from those who do not ask. Nelson Mandela's day is done. We confess it in tearful voices, yet we lift our own to say thank you. Thank you, our Gideon. Thank you, our David, our great, courageous man. We will not forget you. We will not dishonor you. We will remember and be glad that you lived among us, that you taught us, and that you loved us all. 
just love this poem, as I love Nelson Mandela, what he stood for, what he died for, how he gave his life to his country for the sake of a free South Africa, how he gave himself to the world, really, as a statesman. I remember when I was in Africa, when he was still alive, I traveled to Kenya and to South Africa in that season. And I remember asking some of the young people in Kenya, because I was so excited to be so close to South Africa at that time, I asked the young people, I said, so what do you think about Nelson Mandela? And they said, who? And so I repeated the question because I thought, well, maybe they didn't quite understand what I said. I said, what do you think about Nelson Mandela? And they said, who is he? And I realized that these young people really didn't know who I was talking about. My word, there's so much that we take for granted, so much that I take for granted. And one of those things is infrastructure, the infrastructure of information, the availability of information, the access to information. And what I realized is that these young people and some adults had not heard of this amazing man because they had little access to the kind of information I take for granted. That's one of the core reasons that I'm wanting to make this podcast available in Kenya, in South Africa, in Nigeria, in Ghana, all places I've been and other places throughout Africa, throughout Asia and Australia, throughout the rural communities in the United States, in South America, Central America. Please, I ask you to help me. I can't do this on my own. So I invite you to help me If there are people that you know who like this podcast, (laughs) help us, help us all get connected. This podcast is not just for the people who have easy access. Easy access to books, to the internet, to other resources. But maybe, just maybe, they have easy access to a cell phone, right? So help me share the wealth and spread the word. So Maya Angelou, Miss Maya has fans all over the world. Many, many millions of fans. She also has her critics. Now, why is that? Well, her critics say she writes poems with lines that are really short. Her critics say she uses words that are really simple. So what are they really saying? I say they have read, but perhaps not understood. I say they have consumed, but have they chewed? They've read, but not sampled or savored the many, many lives and layers of Miss Maya. Maybe maybe they've tasted, but they've not digested, metabolized, They've not appreciated the very ground on which she stands. Miss Maya's words are poignant and powerful. In this poem that I just shared with you, His Day is Done, 
she does the same thing as in her other poems. She pays tribute to what it means and what it takes to be human. Whether she's writing about women or men or children or anything else she cares about, she writes, as all writers do, by putting the right words in the right order. At the end of the day, <laughs> that's what poetry is. The right words in the right order. That is the beauty of poetry. And we all need beauty in our lives. We all need beauty in our lives. We need the shimmering rays of beauty that comes through poems. I love what Jack Kerouac says about poetry. He says, don't use the phone. People are never ready to answer it. Use poetry. And T.S. Eliot says, genuine poetry can communicate before it's even understood. Genuine poetry can communicate before it's even understood. Naomi Shihab Nye is one of my favorite poets. This Palestinian-American poet says, the real heroes of race and culture would always be the people who stepped out of their own line to make the circle larger. I love that. The real heroes of race and culture would always be the people who stepped out of their own line to make the circle larger. At the end of the day, that's, that's what we're here for, to step out and make the circle larger. In other words, we are here to love, learn, and serve, to share beauty, and to pass it on, to pass it on to someone else, to pass it on to the next generation. By doing so, we make a difference in our own lives and in the lives of others every single day. That's what Miss Maya did in her life. She is a model, an exemplar of what I mean by legacy living. Dr. Angelo didn't just count the days in her life. She lived each day to make her life count. In a New York Times article, poet Elizabeth Alexander shares a lovely, moving story about her encounter with Miss Maya. Now, although she never met the elder poet, Alexander stepped into the same shoes, the same exact shoes, when she was named inaugural poet for President Barack Obama's election. She says, Maya Angelou called me on the telephone. Before she said her name, I recognized the voice. Lustrous, deliberate, precise, a diction well known to me from countless elders. She spoke in the rich chest voice of a grandmother, singing a song at bedtime. Now, did she call me child? I felt like she did, for her words and voice drew me close. I was attempting to write the inaugural poem, agonizing, spinning in the thickets, of the task at hand. We spoke for a good long while. Oh, I really 
don't remember the substance of what she said, only the even reassuring tone of her voice that made this task seem possible. Alexander goes on and says, I recall a sentiment that's often attributed to Dr. Angelo. If you have a song to sing, who are you not to open your mouth and sing to the world? You see, Singing your song in her worldview should be as natural as breathing, even if, as she did, you struggled to come to voice. And poetry is as close as human beings could get to song. At the end of their conversation, Miss Elizabeth asked Miss Maya if she would be coming to Washington for Inauguration Day. She says that Maya gave a good long laugh. Oh no, my dear, I've done that before. I shall turn on my television, open a bottle of wine, and enjoy a potage of my own preparation. And I shall laugh and cry and sing. Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) Mm. There is so much weight. So much weight and gravity in what Maya shared. Elizabeth Alexander breaks it down. In her own words, she says, such exquisite formality, married with mother wit. This formality coupled with mother wit characterized her prose as well as her poetry. Formality that says, I have mastered the language and its elocution. And there are stakes in that mastery from people who were assumed to be unworthy of culture and of citizenship. And then Elizabeth discusses that lovely word, potage. In fact, she is positively delighted by Maya's use of such words. And what a great example of the formality intermingled with Angelo's mother wit. Miss Alexander declares, isn't potage much more interesting and unexpected than soup? (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. Indeed, it is. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth Alexander. We all know that Dr. Maya has crossed over to the other side. And as our fellow poet and sister friend Nikki Finney says, surely there are many, many saints waiting to greet her and welcome her over to the other side. Even though Miss Maya has made it over, we know that her spirit will always be with us. In her book, A Sung Flung Up to Heaven, Don't you just love that title? A song flung up to heaven. Maya writes the sixth book of her autobiography, her memoir. In this historic book, she poses an essential and perhaps what became for her a perennial question. She asks, how did it happen? How did it happen? Lifting her voice to the ancestors and to God and to the ages, Dr. Angelou asks, how did it happen 
that we could nurse a nation of strangers, be maids to multitudes of people who scorned us, and still walk with some majesty and stand with a degree of pride. Dr. Angela responds, we had come so far from where we started and weren't nearly approaching where we had to be, but we were on the road to becoming better. And to that I say, amen and hallelujah and praise the Lord. Few people know that Dr. Angelo was active in this country, in the United States, and abroad, active in civil rights struggles and in the civil rights movement right here in the U.S. In fact, she gave her support to two giants in the U.S. civil rights movement, Malcolm X and Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Both of these men were shot down. They were assassinated. And when that happened, like so many of us around the world, when Dr. King was assassinated, Angelou was devastated. It's reported that she withdrew and cocooned herself until activist and fellow artist and writer James Baldwin reached out to her. At a dinner, amidst the glimmer and shimmer of New York's literati, something steered within Maya. Something... Something reawakens. Her passion for writing rekindles. And Dr. Angelo's friends encourage her to write again, to begin to write about her life. And so she does. In the final paragraphs of her foreword to I Dream a World, Angelo writes of black women about our grandmothers and great-grandmothers. But you know what? She just as well could have been writing about herself. Miss Maya writes, The heartbreaking tenderness of black women and their majestic strength speak to the heroic survival of a people who were stolen into subjugation, denied chastity, and refused innocence. These women have descended from grandmothers and great-grandmothers who knew the lash firsthand, and to women whom protection was a phantom known of but seldom experienced. Speaking of the 75 women who, like her, are featured in Brian Lanker's work, I Dream a World, Miss Maya writes, their faces are captured here for the ages to regard and wonder. But they are whole women. They are whole women. Their hands have brought children through blood to life, nursed the sick, and folded the winding cloths. Their wombs have held the promise of a race which has proven in each challenging century that despite threat and mayhem, it has come to stay. Their feet have trod the shifting swampland of insecurity 
yet they have tried to step neatly onto the footprint of mothers who went before. They are not apparitions. They are not superwomen. They are not larger than life. Their humanness is evident in their accessibility. We are able to enter the photographs and enter the spirit of these women and rejoice in their courage and nearness. Precious jewels, all. Thanks. Thanks to their persistence, art, sublime laughter and love, we may all yet survive our grotesque history. Now again, Miss Maya is speaking in the forward to I Dream a World. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Maya Angelo, for dreaming, for dreaming your world, our world. Born on April 4th, 1928, in St. Louis, Missouri. Born Marguerite Annie Johnson. She changed her name to Maya, a name given to her by her brother, Bailey. Miss Maya, precious jewel that you are, may your mighty and well-traveled and wise soul rest in peace. Shalom. We lift you up and celebrate you. We celebrate you during Black Heritage Month and every single day. Today and every day, we celebrate the luscious, marvelous, majestic, magnolia-scented music of your life. And we express our deep and abiding gratitude. We thank you for showing us what legacy living is all about. As you know, I love to celebrate Black history, not only during the month of February, but every single day, 365, 24-7. If you missed last week's episode or any part of this week's podcast, you can listen to the recording at your convenience. You can even listen to it on the go. Check us out at talknetworkradio.com forward slash hosts forward slash legacy living. That's talknetworkradio.com forward slash hosts forward slash legacy living. You can also find me on iTunes, Audible, Alexa, SoundCloud, iHeart, TuneIn, Spreaker.com, and so many other places. Now, before I close today, I want to thank each of you for tuning in for allowing me to share a bit about my journey with what legacy living is all about. Not just living and learning, but living and learning and serving so that you make a difference in your own life and in the lives of others. It's about being on purpose every single day, 365, 24-7. Legacy living is a powerful way to make your life count. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess, and this is Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. 
Please join me again next time right here for another podcast of Legacy Living Make Your Life Count. Don't just count the days in your life. Make the days in your life count. That's what Legacy Living is all about. Have a fantastic day. And remember, make the days in your life count. God bless you. That's our show today. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess. I hope you'll join me again next time. Until then, don't just count the days in your life. Make the days in your life count. That's what Legacy Living is all about. Here's to you. Have a fantastic day and be sure to make it a yes kind of day. Remember to celebrate the music of your life. Make the days in your life.